Hey, hello everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this birthday episode of the podcast. It is the two-year anniversary of Sidekicks and SideQuests, and so at the top of the show, I just wanted to take an opportunity to thank you so much for your support and encouragement over the two years, and I'm happy to announce that uh, from now on, you'll be hearing it in the outro bumper, um, but I got a Patreon. Yeah, so if you want to head on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and side quests uh, you can find it on the podcast website you can find it in the show notes uh, but if you'd like to you know help out the show uh, with some support uh, I would appreciate it very much and uh, I won't let you down so enjoy this episode and uh, happy birthday to the podcast and to me <music> Hark the bardic paladin, who sings and plays again. He tells the tales of glory, and weaves a magic story. He'll join you at your table, and ask you to share a fable. Heroes of humble origin, villains who must be fought again. No matter their skill or prowess, the people in life are countless. So we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 69 Bubbles the Medusa Chambermaid. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining the Royal Tut's table in the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests the best unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. And as of the time of this recording, this will officially be the birthday episode. So happy birthday to Sidekicks and SideQuests, and to me as well. Um, so wonderful, wonderful stuff going on. And before we get to my guest, I have to go ahead and give a shout out to our first sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicinda, of course, is the mastermind behind the mastercraft of beard balms and game design and community building that he does. He's got all the beard balms that you need, named after the basic Dungeons and Dragons stat. So get a little can, apply it to your face, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the independent RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony has collaborated on several other projects, including Repugnant with Terrible Games, iToaster, a brave little toaster-inspired tabletop role-playing game, Down We Go, and then as well as two other games that Tony just recently promoted uh, for his birthday, Through the Void, which is kind of like a, a sci-fi space OSR kind of game, and then uh, another game that he talked about on his episode with me, Brandstanding. So if you support Plus One EXP, either by buying something or supporting them via Patreon and the like, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional independent tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. So I'd highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One EXP on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects that he's working on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, actual plays, and more. So if you don't mind, head on over to the website, plusonexp.com. Use that affiliate code Randolph when you want to buy yourself a sweet, sweet beard balm and a sweet beard RPG to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, the code is Randolph at checkout on the website plus one exp.com. All right, we've left everyone in suspense long enough. So hello, mystery guest. Would you like to introduce yourself to our lovely audience today? Well, hello, everyone. My name is Royal Tut on all social media at Royalty No Y. And uh, I'm actually a friend from college. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know. Yeah, I was going to say we were in certainly we we're in several musicals together. Did you actually formally join the choir or was it only just ever 
we had the Venn diagram overlap in musicals. It was only just for the shows. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Yeah, no, we, we did some pretty good shows together. Also guest of the podcast, Leah Murray was previously on. So I think yeah, all those I shows don't... that Lee and I were in, we also were in together pretty much, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what is it that you do? Because I know, obviously, you know, we told everyone we just went to college together and we did musicals, oh, but yes, like, what is yes. it that you're doing now? Because, you know, I, I could just pull up social media <laughs> and just be like, is that Kevin Hart or is that LaRoyal? Who, who am I looking at? <laughs> I, I am certainly a, a jack of all trades, if not many. Uh, I'm an actor, stuntman, cosplayer, husband, father, uh, streamer, um, entertainer. Like I, I do a lot of things. Uh, you know, within my life, uh, I also work at Universal Studios and the various types of uh, positions there. Uh, but mainly, I, I am uh, an actor. That's my first and foremost. I am, I am an actor. Um, and then stunts comes next. And sometimes stunts bring in acting. That's awesome. Yeah, because I think the, the, the pin tweet or the, the big thing that I saw that was because, you know, the joke is like, oh, you go to college, you get your theater degree, you're going to strike it out west in old L.A. You're going to see your name in lights. But then it's like, well, no, the Royal actually did it because here he is <laughs> on, you know, an official Netflix Kevin Hart comedy special billed as, you know, the stunt double for Kevin Hart. So what what, yeah, that, what has that all been like? You know, it, it is actually crazy the way you put it like that, because it's, you know, you hear about the whole, you go to college, get your degree, you move out to LA, and then your life starts. But then you also hear that it's not exactly that route. Like many people don't become as successful and successful is very limited. I think success is a, a state of mind. And I feel like, you know, being out here in LA, I've been pretty successful in my career as far as, you know, everything that I've accomplished so far. But it certainly is crazy to think, you know, we, I went from doing live theater to stuff on Netflix and stuff that's released in, uh, on, on the big screen as well, uh, whatever, how big or small my role may be. Mm -hmm. And I would even say that, you know, it's not about where that role is or if you can see me, but more so that, that I'm doing it. You know, we, mm -hmm. we come out here and you, we want to be in front of the camera immediately, but then when you find the stuff like being a stand-in and being a stunt double or a body double, it's like, no, this, these are still the things that are involved in making it a career in LA. So I'm very grateful and I'm very blessed that, you know, the way things turned out the way that they did. It certainly makes me happy uh, as a colleague of yours, just to be like, you know, here we were just in college, like we're just having fun doing a musical. And then it's like, I turn around, you know, a blink of an eye and all of a sudden it's like, oh, his name is up in the marquee. That's totally awesome that, you know, yeah. my, that our lives intersected and that just to see you skyrocket to success. And it's nice to be able to come back and do things such as this. Yes, you know, a nerd podcast. My, exactly. Yeah, super nerdy podcast where I, I could be writing scripts and working on my facial features, but no, I want to do something nerdy. <laughs> Which I think is the perfect segue. Do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? Dungeons and Dragons started last year, um, mm. 2021 or 20. Wait, wait what year are we? <laughs> We're in 2022 now. There it is, 2021, uh, January. Uh, my friend uh, sent me a message and was like, hey, have you ever thought about D&D? &D? Have you ever played? And I was like, no, I've never, never played, but I've always thought about it. You know, as a gamer, I am an RPG guy. I love, you know, building my character and getting involved in the story. Like the first RPG I fell in love with was Final Fantasy VII. And from there, I was just like, this is great. I get to create this stuff and do these side quests and loot. And like the game makes sense now. Um, so when I had the chance to be invited, uh, the first guy that I got involved with is a podcast called Roll For It. The DM, uh, Jake, he messaged me. I was like, hey, man, just so you know, it's super easy. That's the point of this podcast is to show that any type of person, whether you're a novice or an expert, anyone can play D&D. &D. And I said, well, okay, well, what's, what's the first thing that I need? Like, you tell me what should I do in order to prep? And he was like, well, you can get the, the 5e uh, book, but you don't have to. And I was like, not a problem. I immediately bought the book <laughs> from Amazon. And this is like a month before we even started. I bought the book. I opened it up and I just like read 
all the things that pulled to uh, me towards, you know, whatever page. And I was like, all right, this is cool. I could do, I could just spend a whole month building a character. And that's what's great about D&D for me is you're building a character like from um, like Skyrim. I would honestly take a whole like 40 minutes to an hour just in character creation. <laughs> and I hate it because first um, you get to create how your character looks. And I will literally print out a picture, put it on my TV and do like a side-by-side reference mm-hmm. to be like, all right, this is how I want to be represented. Now I just choose Argonian, which is the lizard in Skyrim. <laughs> I'm like, no, what? Lizards don't need to be a certain type of ways. So I'm just going to be a lizard and enjoy the game. Sorry but, to yeah. all our Argonian fans on the podcast. <laughs> I have very strong opinions. They're like, wait a second. My Argonian has a mohawk. But, well, <laughs> Most Argonians have a base mohawk if you really think about it. Because <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think you were, because the thing that piqued my radar, my attention, so you hopped on this other Dungeons & Dragons podcast to play for like a whole campaign, for like just a series of episodes, or how long was that before you jumped on the Fallout show? So this was a 10-episode podcast. And the way they did it for a beginner or for anyone that's new listening, we leveled up every episode. Mm. So that kind of gave you a, a quick version of what the D&D life is like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by the time I was level 10, they had told me like, yeah, most people in three years, they only make it to like level two or three. And I'm just like, well, that's crazy to me because I don't like that life. <laughs> so thank you for allowing me to level up as we go. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, other people had invited me to play different games. So I've played um, a Fallout version. I've played a Cyberpunk version. I've played um, one called uh, Vason. And currently I'm in a campaign called uh, Simbarum, which is, I think, is some type of uh, European style tabletop game. Okay. Um, it's just, it's a different version of your typical uh, Dungeons and Dragons the rules are just different, but mm. as far as gameplay and what everything means as you're playing it, oh, I love it. I play a um, an axe artist named Narabso. He's a goblin, and I created this goblin because I was inspired by uh, Norman Osborn. So Osborn backwards spells Narabso, and he's oh. very much influenced by Norman Osborn, more specifically by Willem Dafoe's uh, Osborn. Classic Raimi versus Spider-Man. That's right. There we go. Well, cool. Yeah, because uh, I know just this Christmas, I ended up picking up my copy of Modiphius's uh, Bethesda-licensed Fallout tabletop RPG game. So I'll eventually need to find people to, to play. Your vault overseer uh, had some really cool terrain and miniature pieces. So uh, I know, I think that, that was on the initiative order Twitch channel, wasn't it? Yeah, that was on initiative order. Uh, April created the little uh, minis and the structures and the buildings. And I remember playing and seeing a building. And then she's like, and if you look closer, she like pulled it open. I was just like, it opens up. Like, <laughs> I, I think the world of tabletop, the way you can just create something to physically see it, it it's, more, it's so immersive. Right on. Well, keeping on with our uh, title of our podcast, Sidekicks and Side Quests, we like to ask, Who's been one of your favorite NPC characters? If they're from a RPG, if they're from a video game, or if not, maybe they're from literature, history, film, or television, etc. And why are they your favorite sidekick or NPC? The moment you said RPG, my mind immediately went to Sid from Final Fantasy. Mm. Because when I playing Final Fantasy VII, you know, you get you, you get to play as Sid and uh well he's one of the people that can join your your party and you know he's pretty cool with all the stuff and his story's great. And then I think I played uh 10 after that, and lo and behold, another Sid came. And I was just like, Oh, well that's cool that there's another there's another Sid. And then I started reading about it. And as it turns out, I, I believe Sid is in every single Final Fantasy game. And he's roughly the same type of character um, that they just, for whatever reason, came in. So ultimately, it would be, I guess, the Sid universe of Final (laughs) Fantasy. Okay. Yeah, forgive me. I'm not one that is uh, intimate with the uh, the Final Fantasy series as a whole, just because it seems like from every game, it drastically changes from 
like one setting to the next. Yeah, that was one thing that that took me away from um, part eight because I hear eight's great. And I, I guess whenever I jumped to it, I was like, wait a second, this isn't a continuation. This is a different universe. And I was mm-hmm. so pushed away from it um, that I didn't go back until 10. And then again, until I think it was uh, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that now 15 is out. And this, at first, yeah, it's very much so if they're not connected. I want nothing to do with them. But then when you play the stories, that's all right. Each on its own is really beautiful. And we also like to ask our guests, what's been one of your favorite side quests from an RPG, video game, uh, television, literature, movies, etc.? And why has it been one of your favorite side quests? I would say it would probably be somewhere in, in Skyrim. Skyrim has a cool Dark Brotherhood side quest. And it's one that you actually have to discover. I think at the time, uh, I didn't know how to do it. I, I play games two different ways. First, when I get the game, I go in and I just play it base, uh, whatever I could find in whatever campaign, main campaign and side campaign or side stories I just stumble upon. I'll just play like that. And then I go back a second time and I'll have like the strategy guide or the book or I look up things that I missed. Mm-hmm. And when I found out the way you activate the Dark Brotherhood story, oh, I immediately, like I skipped the entire part of the game just to go <laughs> to the town find exactly the, the key character that I needed to just start and just dove into it and and it goes from uh, i think assassinating this lady to discovering all of the secrets of the brotherhood and i was like wow this this was a good three hours that i spent just on doing this i would say the perfect way to play um skyrim is when you make your character find your own goal like your own personal outside of the game goal mm-hmm. and live that life and that way every single thing you do is a side quest uh on my recent playthrough as my argonian i wanted i just wanted a house i i was just a warrior who wanted a house and obviously you got to go to these places and build up your funds and decide what's right or wrong mm-hmm. but it just made it because you know once you have your house you can also get married then it's like ah who wants to be my wife how about you and it's someone who wants nothing to do with you or not even someone you can marry. And then it's like, all right, I guess maybe the next town over. And so that that becomes the main point of the story that I'm just an Argonian looking for love. Mm-hmm. Looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for That's love in right. all the wrong faces. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then the last question that we have here in the personal interview section is, what are you passionate about and why? Oh, boy. Um, I would say I'm, I'm going to get on a broader scope of things. I, I'm passionate about having fun with my kids because as, as a dad and as an actor, I can get super busy outside of my, my life at home. Um, there are times where I'm gone 12, 14 hours a day. And when I come back, they're already asleep. So in order to be so invested in their lives, it's like, no, the moment I can hang out with them, we're going to do it all. We're going to, we're going to wrestle. We're going to play pretend we're, we're going. And I think a lot had to do with the, um, the pandemic and everything being shut down during quarantine that my life literally for a month or two was just myself and them. My wife was working at home and it's, it was up to me to be there for them from nine to five. And I decided let's, let's make the most out of this. So we, we had blocks, we had uh, the giant umbrella thing that we all played with in, in elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the little the toys out. Like I will spend a good 20 minutes as a small Spider-Man wrestling the other Ninja Turtles or the Street Sharks with mm-hmm. my son because I handed down my toys. And that's that's our time of play. And it's such a wonderful thing because it's giving them the opportunity to to love and acknowledge that dad, dad is here. That's a great answer. I mean, as a, as a new dad myself, it's, it's very encouraging to be like, Hey man, even an actor or, you know, Hey, I do this job and I work long hours. It's like still the most important thing at the end of the day is your kids. That's right. Amen to that. All right. Well, we've learned so much about our wonderful guests. And now I think it's time we head into some NPC creation. All right. 
So, of course, this is the part of the show where we like to make up an NPC character that anyone could stick into their game of Dungeons and Dragons or whatever tabletop game they're running. So did you have an idea of a particular kind of character? Were you wanting to roll randomly or or what are you thinking? Let's let's roll randomly. I've learned to never come in with a plan because then you never know what can actually happen. And the better thing to have is the uh, spontaneity. So let's make something up together. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Well, we've got our list of questions ready, and I've got my tables here at the ready as well. So if you have your dice, whether they are virtual or uh, physical, of course, our character needs a name. And so the the way that we generate a name on this podcast is we roll a d20 and uh, we'll come up with a name. Well, I I, I rolled and uh, I got a six. So what, what do we do with that information? Six. Okay, we are off to the races, ladies and gentlemen. Your answer was submitted by previous guest, Darby Pack, Bubbles. All right, I'm for it. I'm for it. All right, (laughs) so first thing out of the gate, name is Bubbles. Okay, the next thing we get to figure out is, what is the ancestry of our character? This is going to require a D100 or two D10s. (laughs) Well, I like the sound of a one, And I actually do have a 100, but it's, it's downstairs now. If only I knew such number was needed. One, two, three, four, five. I got, um, hold on. I'm doing math right now. 42. 42. Isn't that the answer for life from a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Uh, that is actually the spider that bit Miles Morales that transformed him into Spider-Man. So, oh, there we go. See, <laughs> it's, it's a synergy. Yeah, because fun fact, you, you do like to cosplay Miles Morales. I do. <laughs> okay, well, then this is, uh, Interesting. Okay, so Bubbles is a Medusa. I'm sorry. You want to clear your throat and say that one more time? <laughs> sure. Medusa. So, you know, like from Greek mythology or from Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. Monster Manual, the Medusa. Wow. A Medusa, I should say, not the Medusa. No, no, it's, this is a descendant of Medusa. There we go. I'm sorry, Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we get to figure out what is the job or role in society for our Medusa that is named Bubbles. This will just be a regular D10 for the role. All right, kablam, I have a seven. Seven. Okay, all right, so your answer was provided by previous guest, Travis Frederick, chambermaid. So Bubbles is a Medusa (laughs) and a chambermaid. Oh, Lord, Lord. hold on, let me, I also want to write this down. All right, so we got Bubbles. Okay is a medusa mm-hmm. chambermaid which is um wonder how bubbles got into this predicament of being a chambermaid <laughs> okay all right the next thing we get to figure out is how old is our character this will require a d8 you know age is really um not just kind of solve. <laughs> i got a, I got a three what does three mean young adult so okay. she is a young adult chambermaid it fits. Medusa named Bubbles. All right. So now that we've got a lot of information already at the front of this section of the show, let's now take a moment and pause. And now we get to come up with a physical description. Now this is all very right brain, very creative, very loosey goosey. Oh, yeah. So yeah. when you picture Bubbles, the Medusa chambermaid, what are you envisioning? Um, well, obviously, full name is Bubbles Medusa chambermaid. And <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not only it's like living your occupation with your history, like you know how giants will have a name where they're like, "I am, I am, uh, Girth, uh, Dawn Collar." Take that as you will. Uh, yeah, this is Bubbles Medusa's middle name, chambermaid, and I'm picturing like this super thin and long like body, mm-hmm. where you you would assume that the legs is more snake like, but they're not. Just as it's a she, by the way. As she walks, mm-hmm. her body kind of just sways, but her arms are super thin, um, almost frail-like. But don't mistake her her really skinny body as weak, because she's not. She's not. Right. And here in a little bit, we're gonna we're about to see how strong she might she might be. I don't know if that's included, but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, super thin frame, really tall, and her hair is like um, obviously they're snakes. Mm-hmm. but but they're not just any type of snakes they're garden snakes mm-hmm. you know they're they're the ones that can't really do any harm to you they're like baby garden snakes there's a whole bunch of them but they're long and they're they're kind of uh just going in the back of her head 
Um, she tries to break them up, but they always wiggle out and it never works out. She has a hair, horrible time with her hairdresser whenever she has one uh, time to go to one. Yes, her eyes are, in fact, very Orochimaru-like. They're, they're very snake-like. She doesn't have a nose, unfortunately. With uh, being, being a snake woman, she doesn't have a nose. But one thing that really makes it is that, you know, she has a large elbow. She has large elbows? Yeah, her elbows are like, they're like uh, little buttons, little little bolder buttons. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I was just trying to very quickly read over some of the information related to Medusa's and uh, talking about a petrifying gaze. So because she's a chambermaid, so obviously she's in the service of, of someone. Has she figured out a way to kind of mitigate the fact that she could petrify someone uh, by looking into them, into their eyes? She hasn't figured it out yet. You know, most people think that uh, Medusas have the innate ability to just be able to do so. It actually comes from uh, her soul. There's a a power she hasn't unlocked yet um, because as a chambermaid, you know, people fear her Mm -hmm. because she's so different. You know, Mm -hmm. she's she's almost like a, um, uh, don't tell me, uh, hold on, it's it's at the top of my head. Um, They're like a dark, dark uh, elf. No. uh, uh, A drow? No, not a drought. They have horns. Who are the people that have horns? Oh, the tieflings? Yeah, she's like a tiefling. Okay. You see her and they, they associate her with the, the legend of the original Medusa. And mm-hmm. so the guy that, the, the people that have her, at first was like a rescue when she was a young. And then as she got an older, they kind of started treating her bad. So they just like, you have to be a chambermaid. And that's, that's her, her start. And that's how she got her her surname then when they recorded her in the census when she was uh, brought in. It was just, you know, she knew her name was Bubbles, but it was just Bubbles Chambermaid. Yeah, she has she's a it's a tragic background, really. She she tries to be so nice and live up to her first name. But uh, just the look at her, you know, lots of fear. Okay, and okay, so this makes sense then based on what we know. So she's a young adult. And so what you're telling us is that, you know, she hasn't unlocked that petrifying gaze ability that uh, Medusa's, you know, by monster manual stats have. So you can approach her. You can talk to her. You don't have to worry about being petrified and turned into stone. Oh, no, no, no. People don't know that she doesn't like she tells them. I don't know how to do it, but they don't believe her. Cause oh, and so they're like, they're... oh, I can't look at you. Uh, yeah. I have to go away. Oh, mm-hmm. OK. So then do you, who, you want where... me to tell you how to unlock it? I know how to unlock it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. She has to fall in love. <laughs> oh, then does her heart have to get broken in order for the power exactly, to work? Exactly. Oh, she has to fall in love and get heartbroken. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that tracks with the, uh, sorry, I take it back. I have not refreshed my memory on the actual Greek mythology on it. So I'll leave that in the podcast, but I'm sure one version of the Medusa legend could have been that, but it could have been also another way as well. So. Does she work for like a king and queen? Does she work for like a local lord, a baron, or nah? She works for a lord. I mean, someone who's up in the feudal society system, but like not like a king or anything like that. He's so. he's, he's uh he's cousins of the king. Cousins of the king. Okay. All right, we're getting a picture here. Okay, so when we think of bubbles, what three adjectives would best describe her? If you if you're able to stare at her long enough, you will see she's actually beautiful. She's 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 a gorgeous woman, okay. you know, but there's there's a lot of fear when it comes to that because you know her beauty is always overlooked by the snakes and just the myth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very shy. She's very closed off to herself. Just you know, not growing up in a in a proper situation that she just learned to just just keep to yourself. Bubbles, just keep to yourself. Bubbles, don't don't interact. And uh, all right, so we got beautiful. We we got shy. But the one thing that, that really makes her like a, a person is like she she shows loyalty. She will take the scruff. She will take the the beating. I don't know if it's loyalty from fear or loyalty out of just wanting to be right. But she's very loyal. Well, now I get to go back to rolling some dice. So uh, the next thing we get to figure out is what is a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret or an ideal or concept that Bubbles would ascribe to. So this is a combo punch of a roll. So the first thing we get to roll is a D4 to figure out which of those categories it's going to be. Well, I rolled a three. 
A three would be a secret. So now you get to roll a d6 and let's figure out what is the secret that Bubbles is keeping. Well, what's secret number five? Secret number five. Hmm. Okay. Answer submitted by previous guest, Andrew Newcomb. Bubbles is a wanted bounty from a nearby town. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, enlighten us. Tell us more. So we were hearing about a tragic backstory and her being brought in as far as, um, you know, being a chambermaid for the local Lord. But does this wanted bounty thing have anything to do with that? Well, you know, she went grocery shopping. And obviously, the best place to do your grocery shopping is uh, the town next over. And, you know, the, the local lord had trusted her. She's been doing good. You know, he hasn't had to physically, you know, beat her in a while. Uh, again, just over the years, his his hatred just kind of just grew. So he says, you know what? It's your birthday. I will allow you to go to the local town to buy the finest pheasants. And she's like, all right, I, I will go do this. So she does. she does wear a hood. She goes over and she goes, you know, shopping at first and she gets it. She gets the pheasants and she's like, I have accomplished this. I was able to walk out. The Lord trusted me. Um, now I can go back. And as she was going back, she actually runs into um, the mayor, the mayor of this town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first he just sees he just sees a woman. He's like, oh, my like she she must be beautiful. And he tries to get her name. But when he sees her, he freaks out. So he he just saw that, oh, this is a monster. I have to put this monster down. And as he's approaching, you know, he's like, finally, I get to be the mayor for my namesake. Uh, as I said before, she's very strong. So when he approaches, she um, she gets scared. She freaks out and she pushes him away, causing him to fall over. It was like a one and a half story, not that big, causing him to fall over. And uh, he ended up breaking his arm. Ooh. So when he when, when he falls and breaks his arm, she of course she tries to save him at first. You know she's just not like not gonna let him fall. And she looks over, the wind blew and it knocks her hood off. Mm -hmm. So she's looking down to see if he, this man's okay. And he looks up and he, of course he screams out, "Guards, arrest that woman!" She makes a run for it. Um, she goes into the woods and she escapes. Mm -hmm. But now there's pictures of her face plastered everywhere. Uh, but she makes it back. She does make it back to the Lord and. You know, she doesn't say anything. She just walks in, drops off the pheasants, and just quickly goes to her, her chamber. So interesting. And so, word of this has not gotten back to the Lord from the mayor then, because obviously no, the Lord doesn't have need to go to the town and interact with the mayor or anything like that. No, 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 no not at all. Okay, interesting, juicy. Okay, so now the next thing we get to figure out is what is a particular quest that Bubbles would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do on her behalf so certainly if you want to roll the dice and see what we get that's you would need to roll a d12 unless you feel inspired to generate your own side quest well i've already rolled baby and i landed on a strong d12 with the 12 12 okay uh your answer was provided by previous guest carlo romero now hollenbeck retrieve a rare family heirloom yeah, so now the plot thickens. The story gets even more elaborate as far as the backstory is concerned for Bubbles. So what is this rare family heirloom? Where is it? What is it? What are we going to have to go get? I believe uh, that she's looking for a necklace. You know, most most family heirlooms are always necklaces. They're always something the person can wear around their, their person. And um, this particular necklace... It is in the cave of, um, you know, somewhere deep down in Merge Po. That's, that's the name of the cave. Don't ask me why it's called Merge Po. And Merge uh, po. That, okay. this is actually where the original Medusa is located. Oh, um, okay. However, I don't think she's alive anymore. I think that's just where her final resting ground is at. And uh, within this cave, you'll, you'll, however treacherous it may or may not be, this particular necklace, as Medusa has discovered, once you wear it, it allows you to be human. Yeah, it's, oh. a, weird, it's a real uh, little mermaid thing. Yeah, once you, you throw this necklace on and you can, you get to be human and she really needs it because, it, you know, it'll, it'll change her face, it'll change her body type. It'll, it's a disguise and it will oh. allow her to live amongst a human and, and escape this whole chambermaid situation she's got going on. 
Okay, so the family heirloom is a magical necklace that basically would transform her from a Medusa into a flesh and blood human. And she'd yeah, be able to just live her, live her life peacefully as a human. To a degree. To I a would degree. say to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, does it actually turn her human, or is it just the appearance of a human? It's the appearance of a human. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, like you were saying, so disguise self. So it's a necklace that allows her to disguise herself as a human, but obviously she's still a Medusa underneath. Okay. We have optional questions that if you feel inspired, we can dig deeper into the character. Or if you feel like this is good, we can we can head on to the next section. There's one thing that I certainly did when I first created um, my character, Kanar, my moon elf, the first time I played D&D, and I wrote a one-page <laughs> background story. Mm-hmm. So let's dive deep. Let's, let's really flesh it out to make a full character. Okay. What are the goals and motivations of Bubbles as a character? Oh, oh. Is this, is this a role thing or is this a... Uh... Oh, no, no, no. So this is all... Oh. These are just okay, the last yeah. optional questions we've got here. She wants she wants to live uh, without feeling judged. She wants to live free. She doesn't want to be uh, chained to duty as far as uh, being a chambermaid. She wants to change her name. You know, she wants to be some bubble, something else. And how do her goals and motivations affect her general personality? No, it, it goes back to just wanting to do the best that she can under living in the situation that she is. I don't think that um, she's happy because, you know, who wants to be happy being a chambermaid based off of, you know, your looks? You're told that uh, the world will never accept you. And she wants to change that. She wants to feel that acceptance. So she continues to be as good as she can be in order to appear like she's better than what she is. How does Bubbles normally interact with uh, different groups of people, whether it's family, friends, and peers, enemies and rivals, people that she works for or reports to uh, versus player characters? I think as she, uh, she's learned, she, she judges off of appearance and there's no part of her own. This is just how she grew up with the people that she did. You know, they take one look at you and then they're just like, you're, this is your status. This is where you belong. So when she sees people of similar uh, cloth, she's a bit more relaxed around them. Again, she doesn't approach them immediately, but she knows that, you know, they are of the same. There are other chambermaids in this house and everything. So she knows who's a chambermaid and who's a servant or who's a lord. Uh, if someone's dressed finely, then she knows don't make eye contact with them. Well, I mean, that's a general rule for herself, but she knows particularly that person could easily chop my hand off if I just look at them the wrong way. So she's very careful with the approach of people. Um, she's, she's not necessarily easy to trust someone new, but she is open to trying to understand who each individual is. Does Bubbles have a particular accent or language uh, that she uses? Are there any idiosyncrasies in the way that she speaks or acts? Her S's, um, she has a speech impediment. Her S, they're very long. She, uh, she's learning to try to hide it. So each time she uh, says anything that ends with the letter S, it kind of just comes out just like that. Okay, interesting. What impact has Bubbles made on the world? How has she shaped the local area? Obviously, we know she's a bounty in the next town over, um, right. but anything beyond that? No, nothing beyond that. Uh, she's she's kind of kept in secret. Uh, does Bubbles have any current problems that prevent her from being a bigger player on the stage? Uh, besides her looks? No. She, she, other than that, she's completely normal. Cool. We've made it through NPC creation. Luckily, it didn't take us 40 minutes to an hour to do so. <laughs> so now I think it's time that we head into... A random encounter. So this random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They've been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in DFW and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper Miniatures has got you covered. Every time you shop with them and spend at least $40 on your purchase, they'll throw in a cool new mini of the month. 
for free with your order. And it's always something new every month, so be sure to check back often. If you visit my podcast website or, you know, you go in the show notes and you click on the link for Reaper Miniatures, it's a referral code uh, so that when you go to Reaper Miniatures through that affiliate link, it's helping to track the traffic between our two websites. It helps to build up and combine our powers together so that we're able to continue to collaborate and do cool things. I know I just checked my email the other day and I got another $50 gift card from this affiliate relationship. So certainly thank you to Reaper Miniatures for that. And, uh, you know, got my Christmas present, my box full of Reaper Miniatures uh, that we used our previous gift cards for. So we're just going to be up to our eyeballs and Reaper Miniatures in this household. So be sure to go and check out Reaper Miniatures through my website, through my affiliate link there in the show notes or on sidekicksandsidequest.com. And be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. All right, now that all out of the way. So this is the part of the show where we like to, you know, dust off the cobwebs as far as our theater and acting skills are concerned, maybe more so for me than you. Yeah, but we get to do a little role play, a little vignette with the character that we've made. So obviously... Uh, you'll be taking on the part of Bubbles, uh, but the question becomes, who should I be in the scene? It could be something like you meet one of the adventurer characters that have been generated on this podcast. It could just be you're really interested to kind of show off that dynamic of the Lord with Bubbles. Or maybe you wanted to do the scene of the mayor of the town getting hurt or whatever, and then generating the wanted posters. Whatever scene you're interested in playing. I think I think uh, the wanted poster. That, that's a, a good place to kind of start. That's the scene that we're gonna do. So we're going to do a scene that's going to set up the impetus for, I guess, another potential side quest if they're exploring the nearby town and they see all these uh, these wanted posters and stuff like that for yeah. for the player characters. But okay, because now they're like, oh, wanted. Let's go after her, and then they discover there's more. So we'll set the scene then. Six months before present day, where an adventuring party would stumble across these wanted posters, it's Bubbles' birthday, and the Lord has deemed it worthy that he trusts her and that she should be able to go to the nearby town over from the Lord's estate and uh, be able to go get those lovely, lovely pheasants uh, that she wanted. And as she's making her way through the market, having a great time and, you know, getting out of the Lord's estate and really getting to uh, interact with people, we'll say this mayor who is uh, strutting about like a peacock thinking that he is all of that uh, in this town. And he begins to, I guess, approach Bubbles, not knowing any better. Uh, and he'll probably say something along the lines of like, Hello, fair and beautiful maiden. Welcome to my lovely town. Don't you know that I am the mayor and I would love to give you a personal escort and tour about the town. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, sir. I, I just I just came to get my pheasants. Hearing the end of the sentence is kind of like, Ooh, that's weird. Uh, but he still presses his luck. He's still like, ah, no, no, but I insist. I am the Lord Mayor, and it would behoove me to make sure that any maiden who visits my town would have a properly armed escort. And uh, I guess we'll say he starts getting uh, closer, uh, and then he can maybe start to notice some of the, the Medusa qualities, but not quite yet. I take a step back, like, very quickly, like, as, as he's... The step that he takes, mm -hmm. the same step backwards. Uh, apologies, Your Grace. I, I really must be getting back. We'll say this is where, I guess, as we figured out in the side quest uh, explanation story. So he starts getting angry. Like, how dare you refuse me? I'm trying to be polite, don't you know? I'm a great man. I'm a gentleman. And so I'm going to do the exact opposite by being a complete jerk. And so he, like, tries to grab her wrist to, like, pull her around. Um, and I guess they must be on like some upper store of a marketplace or something like that. Uh, and so he whips her around. And so then he starts seeing the Medusa thing and he starts freaking out. And he's like, ha, 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 and then he like tumbles off the edge and then bam, falls down. He's like, ah, and you hear him screaming out in pain below. I guess that's when Bubbles rushes up to the edge. How does she react to that whole thing? As he's falling, you know, she does reach out her hand to uh, <laughs> try to catch him. Mm -hmm. But with that hand being reached out as well, mm -hmm. um, at the very end, like when the people started looking up, 
the again the wind blows her hood falls off and the reach out looks like a push mm. one of those like if you just now look last minute you just see a hand and him falling so i look over and the wind's blowing out and i'm now I'm, now I'm freaking out oh oh and the pheasants they i scoop them up mm. immediately start running Okay, and then that's when the mayor is like, he's clutching his arm. There's fresh crimson uh, staining his otherwise very expensive linen or silk shirt. And he's like, ah, guards, ah, that woman assaulted me. Ah, get her, I want her head. Ah, I want her in the dungeon. Ah. And so then, you know, it, it takes a while for some guards to mobilize. And so they start trying to do the investigation of the area. Maybe some other merchants or other guards come over to scoop the Lord up. And the Lord starts going on this tirade. I was trying to politely be an escort for this woman in our fair market, but she assaulted me and pushed me over. And look, she broke my arm. Ah! And he's like, you know, playing up basically. And so he's berating his guards and he's like, why weren't you more responsive? We need double the guards in the marketplace. We need to be on the lookout for, I want wanted posters. I want a tidy sum of money for her capture. And so it goes on like that. He huffs and puffs and and makes himself more important than he ought to be. Uh, And then that seeds these otherwise, I guess, six months later, when conceivably our player characters would enter this nearby town, which is a considerable time away from the Lord's estate, they would see these faded and weathered wanted posters with like this very brief sort of a sketch and description of Bubbles, the chambermaid. All right. And scene. Yeah. Yeah, so how do you think that scene went? I know, I guess it was kind of a lot of me narrating, but do you feel like you were able to accurately portray Bubbles? Yeah, what the audience don't get to see is like, you know, exactly what, you know, what I did. I was holding my head down and not even looking at the camera when we were, we were talking back and forth. And I think that really helps with the character as far as how she addresses people. And it, it does pour into the knowledge of what we establish to what was portrayed what what came out and i think i think that was great i loved it awesome we have now entered into the part of the show that we call final thoughts so you know where we're trying to do a, a vibe check as the kids say you know we're trying to see how things are with the guests what their experience was how they thought everything went i just kind of asked you out of the blue if you wanted to come on a unconventional D sort of podcast and now that you've experienced it what do you have to say this was great this was a lot of fun um not a lot of time goes into the, the side characters um, of their origin. Usually when you play, you happen to come across a character and then they tell you what did they need or what mission needs to be had or what's going on in the town. And it kind of just picks up from there. Um, so with this little background, it like if Bubbles were to continue for somebody else who's listening, they would have so much more insight on why she's so important in her own world. It kind of goes back to something I learned um, it was a YouTube clip of uh, the movie uh, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Not mm-hmm. promoting because no, I don't know anyone from it or anything. But mm-hmm. neither is he paying for us. Uh, but <laughs> it was Aviation Gin. If you would love to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> I will take your money. It was something that uh, he wrote about the background people. It was a trailer for the background people, which was really cool. If you if you've seen the movie, then you know that NPCs usually go unlooked but npcs in their own world are the main actors they're the main stars Mm -hmm. so we're background to them and as an actor and as a person who's done background i would absolutely do that on set we'll be on set of um it was austin and Allie, the first thing that i ever did out here that was probably my most consistent featured background spot and as the band people uh i was I i played the drums we had a guy on guitar a guy on keyboard we created our own story. We were back there saying, yeah, we really, we started off as a garage band and Austin blew up and we kept us on. And that's the story that people don't get to see and hear, but it's still just as interesting that, no, there is legit something going on with that person in the back. So this was a cool way to kind of explore more on that. 
Yeah, and for sure, I would love to see stories of bubbles popping up on our Reddit or on our social media being like, oh yeah, the seemingly weird chambermaid who really is quite sweet. Um, And as long as she never falls in love and gets her heart broken, she won't actually (laughs) turn into a full-fledged CR6 Medusa that could wreck That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So the very, very final moments of the show, I like to give the soapbox, the platform, the stage over to the guest. And so if there are any things that you would like to promote, if there's any upcoming podcasts or streams or anything like that, if there's movies or television shows or Netflix specials that we need to watch so you can get your residuals. And if there's any uh, social media that you'd like us to get plugged into with you, you know, let us all know. Oh yeah. Well, if you haven't already uh, seen it and uh, I haven't actually watched it myself as far as the season goes, I'm, I'm actually on Snowfall. So if you watch season three of Snowfall, you'll catch me uh the first like five minutes i actually open up the the season and i'm also in the finale uh those shows i i get residuals off of so that'd be great <laughs> um as far as projects coming up uh of course there's stuff that i can't really talk about yet because of ndas but if you are interested in seeing my cosplay growth and the things i do as spider-man uh my social media handle is royalty no why I'm primarily on Instagram and Twitter, and occasionally I will stream on on Twitch now. Um, The world is semi-back open, so I've kind of been focusing on acting and working outside of my immediate life, but occasionally when I do pop up on the stream, it's always a good time. Uh, Right now, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima and um, Watch Dogs 3, so yeah, if you guys are down for some RPG and some fun, uh, make sure you follow me. Awesome. Royal, it was great to catch up and and see how life has been treating you very well. I'm happy. I'm glad. I'm honored uh, that you were able to come on the podcast today. And uh, we will do everything in our power to make sure you get back on here. Yeah, man, this was great. I'm glad we we finally found the time. You know, as husbands and fathers, we we finally found the time to sit down and talk about some D&D stuff. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, SidekicksAndSideQuests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for side kq podcast i would love to talk DD and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our npcs discussions and commentary if you would like to hail the bod simply send an email to sidekicks and sidequests at gmail.com to help this show be the resource it's meant to be i ask that you please leave a review on itunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Psychics and Psychoists is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four. Oh, psychics and psychoes.